100 years of serving the North Sound and still going strong. KRKO Everett. It's a Monday night in Snohomish County, and that means that we roll up to yet another edition of Prep Sports Weekly here on KRKO. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits in the other room. How are you tonight? I'm doing outstanding. How are you doing tonight? Pitch black dark out now. Yeah, that's uh, kind of what happens in October, unfortunately. <laughs> I know. Although, you know what? I can't complain too much about what's going oh, on no. outside. It's been, uh, other than the fact that we could use a little less smoke, perhaps, but uh, yeah, it's been pretty nice lately. We haven't, you know, one thing we haven't even talked about yet. I was thinking about this the other day, and uh, if you don't follow high school tennis, this probably isn't even on your radar, but for those that don't know, I have a few other websites that I contribute to and I have to get results and and whatnot. Um, Tennis games haven't been getting moved around at all this year. No. And that's usually a huge deal in the fall. I mean, every other day it seems like the Tuesday game is getting moved to Friday or they're trying to put it on the back end of the season coming up in November and then they don't even know that they're going to be able to make it up. For a sport like tennis, this has been a great, great fall season. Yeah. They've, they've really been fortunate in that regard. I, I just went on a little tangent there. I just thought of it. But it is nice because we think of football and we think, well, we talk a lot of football in the fall and certainly football, cross country, soccer. If it rains, you just keep playing, right? Those sports you can't necessarily get in, especially – here in the Pacific Northwest. So, yeah, no complaints about what's going on outside these days, that's for sure. But it does look, Tornado Ted says. Oh, you, Tornado like, Ted, is he going to ruin the vibe you, already? Is he going to come in with a big rain report? You may get a little, uh, little damp on a Friday night. Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by GSR Rental in Monroe, the Lake Stevens Ace Hardware Store, Glass by Lund, the Snohomish County PUD, Everett Engineering, and by Marysville Toyota. Who do we have on the show tonight? I'm writing the list frantically as we speak just to make sure I got all the guests because it's such an action-packed show tonight. Let's go ahead and talk about who we've got on the show. Coming up here in just a moment, are you ready for this? Yeah. We should have been promoting this all day long. Michael Jordan is on the show tonight. Really? Really. MJ. <laughs> MJ in the house. We never thought we'd have him on Prep Sports Weekly, and... We've got Michael Jordan on tonight. That's nice. Very good. That's it, a good get. Right it's a there. great get. Uh, you know, unfortunately for some, it's not number 23. It's not the guy that played basketball. But The NASCAR owner, it's not him? It's not him, no. It's Michael Jordan, the Monroe girls volleyball coach. Oh. Had a chance to catch up with him and his team captain, Jesse Mailer. Monroe volleyball, congratulations to them. They're 7-3 and three on the season in league play. Seven and three, and it's only good enough for fifth place right now. There are some really top-heavy teams in Wesco 3A volleyball. But had a chance to catch up with Michael Jordan and Jesse Mailer on Thursday night. Again, Monroe off to a great start this season, so we'll find out a little bit about what's making them tick and how they've gotten to where they are. So we'll talk volleyball here in just a moment. And then the rest of the show, if you like football, it's uh, it's your show. We're going to pre or re- review rather the games from last week, from Friday and Saturday, so we'll talk about all the games. And then we've got some football interviews coming up. Uh, on Friday night, as you know, I was over at Edmond Stadium. Yep. The Linwood Royals picking up their first win of the season, 49 nothing. They just went off on Shorecrest. It's, I don't know how that team's winless because the team that I saw on Friday night looked pretty good. Anyway, we caught up with head coach Keontae Bankhead out on the field right after the game, as well as four of his star players. Jordan Whittle, who's a senior wide receiver, had over 100 yards on Friday night. Deion Baker, who does a little bit of everything. He had a rushing touchdown and had an interception. Uh, Raymond 
Sayarath, uh, the quarterback who's only a sophomore, and Zaire Griffin, who really had the coming out party. Uh, sophomore, he is, what is he, five foot seven, one forty five. Four touchdowns, uh, over 200 yards from scrimmage, and he looks like the real deal. Uh, folks are going to get to know who he is over the next couple of years. He's a special player. So had the four Linwood Royal football players and Coach Bankhead. We'll hear that interview coming up later. And then we've got a little bit of a coach's carousel at the end of the show. Rob Petchel, who is the football coach at Shorewood High School for his second stint there. Shorewood knocked off Snohomish by, what was it, 25 points the oh, other yeah. night? Yeah, Kind of woke everybody up there. Yeah. That one got some people's attention. So we're going to talk to the uh, – the Shorewood football coach, about how his team's looking right now. We'll hear from Jordan C., who, for all intents and purposes, his uh, Cascade Bruins have a playoff game this week, and we'll talk more about that. He's undefeated. Cedarcrest is undefeated. They're playing in the Polk Division, which means you have to finish the season undefeated to get into the playoffs. Something's got to give on Friday night. So we'll talk to Coach C. about his big upcoming game. And then, speaking of big games, Jeff Skoma, the head coach at Stanwood, Stanwood undefeated in league play, undefeated overall. Ferndale undefeated in league play. They play each other, and the team that's going to win on Friday night is going to end up being the Wesco 3A North number one seed. So a big game coming up from them, and we'll hear from him as well. Today's show brought to you by Smoky Point Concrete, the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, Community Transit, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, Mike Dixon, Farmers Insurance, Screen Printing Northwest, and by Bihar's Furniture. <laughs> The Monroe Bearcats volleyball team picking up their fourth straight victory on Thursday night, a three-set sweep of the Mount Lake Terrace Hawks. And joining us right now, the head coach, this name sounds familiar, Michael Jordan. First time we've had Michael Jordan on Prep Sports Weekly. Okay, maybe not that Michael Jordan, but this one's certainly having a lot of success. And the captain of the Bearcats, Jesse Mailer, joining us. Coach, talk a little bit about the success of this Bearcat team. I think a lot of people were talking about some of the other teams in Wesco going into the season. Maybe not Monroe as much, and yet here we are. You're battling for a top-five spot right now, and things are kind of uh, cruising right along for you. Well, you know, that's right. We had a really tough schedule uh, coming in at the onset of our season this year. We had our uh, uh, Archbishop Murphy. We had Snohomish. We had had Meadowdale, we had Linwood. These are all powerhouse programs that we battled with. In fact, we beat Meadowdale in our barn earlier this year, and we were wire to wire, right wire to the wire uh, with the other three. Now we're getting into a little bit of the, a comfort zone with our schedule and with our players and the systems that we run. I couldn't be more proud of our team than what I am right now because we are definitely on a march through districts, and our goal is to get to state. And tell me about your captain over here, a senior. Had a heck of a match tonight. Tell me a little bit about Jesse. Well, I'll tell you what. This is one of those players that comes along every four or five years, and it's just such a pleasure to work with her. Uh, she lives and breathes volleyball. She has a high volleyball IQ. This is a kid that should be a D1 prospect. If she was a six-foot-tall kid instead of a five-niner, she'd already be signed. We're looking for her to do great things. She comes into the gym every day with her with her toolbox, and she's ready to work, and she's an inspiration and an example to the rest of the kids on this roster. Coach sold you pretty well there, Jesse. So talk a little bit about your season. You're senior right now went out there you uh, a lot of kills tonight too I noticed seems to be kind of your thing and coach mentioned you're not necessarily that six foot tall player does that give you a little extra motivation does that just push you a little bit harder when you're out there yeah it does because I gotta work around blocks and everything and yeah <laughs> how, how much are you enjoying playing for this team right now uh, I really enjoy it. We got a good coach, so it's fun. And I got to play with my sister, so. I was going to ask you about that. One of the freshmen on the team, Sawyer, little sister, first time the two of you have played together. Obviously, there's a little bit of an age gap. So when was the last time, if ever, you played with one another? Probably, like, softball at, like, kindergarten. It's been a long time. So do you find yourself playing the role of big sister when you're on the floor together, or 
Is she one of your teammates? Probably big sister. I tend to don't give it to her like, I don't know. You, you got to do the sisterly thing, right? Yeah. Coach, you're a first-year guy here at Monroe, right? I mean, and, but this is not this is not your first year in volleyball. Talk about your background a little bit. Well, yeah, absolutely happy to. You know, I've been in coaching across uh, 30 years across two different sports. Uh, played a little uh, men's open pairs many years ago on the beach. Played a little bit in college and in club men's club ball. But uh, it's great to be back coaching high school ball, having just previously coached college ball. The the and, and you let us know where also. Yeah, I was at Columbia Basin College prior to the pandemic, and that of course shut us all down across all sports. But coming back to the high school game was something that I always had in my in my sights because of just the passion of the student body, whether you're in your barn or somebody else's gym, the, the students and the passion for the game. And it is just so much fun to be back at the high school level. And, and Monroe, my first year there, they've made me feel welcome. It feels like home. And I'm looking forward to being successful at Monroe for many years to come. What was it about the Bearcats? What got you to this program? Well, there was a kid, uh, in fact, it was Sawyer, uh, Jesse's little sister, who was on a rival team in club ball this previous year. And I happened to get in late and I was coaching club ball last year and I just really liked the kid I liked the family and it was actually Jesse's mom that told me Monroe would be a good spot for me to land uh, secondary to that it's not too far from where I live and thirdly the athletic director Ashley Tuiasa Sopo is just uh, such a pleasure to work with and as someone that's been in the coaching game as long as I have you have to have great leadership from the athletic director additionally not only is is Ashley fantastic to work for but her older sister is Leslie Tuiasa Sopo a, univer a, a University of Washington volleyball legend and so it just kind of it was just kind of like a no-brainer for me to be able to come to Monroe and now I really feel like they've uh, they've wrapped their arms around me and I'm a part of that community now. Jesse I'm noticing with coach here a lot of positivity uh, a lot of excitement seems to put a smile on everything well it's easy to smile too when you're winning a lot what has it been like to play for him in your number one? Um, he's honestly great he's always like like you said positive he's never really mad he's Probably one of the best coaches I've ever had, so, yeah. Now, tell me a little bit about some of the other players on the team. Let me ask you about some of the seniors. Not a real senior-heavy team, right? Yeah, we only have five. Five, yeah. So, I've got the sheet here if you need to cheat a little bit. Who who are the seniors on this team? Uh, we got Morgan Walzer, Jordan Land, Ava Teague, Claire Brennan, and me. And tell me a little bit about those other players. What do they bring to the table? Um, they're all they're all so good, and I, we've been playing since our freshman year, so we all like have a bond. And yeah, they're honestly they're so good, and I love playing with them. So, Coach, give a shout out to some of the other players that aren't seniors this year. Maybe start off with little sister here. Well, I, I gotta tell you, you know, Sawyer came in and earned the right to be on this team. It wasn't to give me, even though I liked the kid and I was familiar with the kid, she earned the right to be on this team, and then she worked her way into a starting position. And she's really kind of the future leader of this team, and so that she has the opportunity to learn from her big sister and have a chance to be on the court with her is just going to pay off dividends in the years to come for her her entire career. Additionally, we have uh, Carissa Martin, who's our big right side, who's just completely developing. Every single game, she gets a little bit better. High strike point, arm swings developing. Super proud of her. Her blocking prowess is incredible. Ava Teague and 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 Morgan Walzer. I mean, they are a force. They're literally a brick wall when they're out there on the on the court. And they're also developing their offense and and really their volleyball IQ as well. And they they just continue to learn and get better, which is going to serve us well as we are on our march to state. And give a shout out to your coaching staff. Who's working with you? Uh, Jamie Walker and Craig Donovan. I couldn't have asked for a better staff, and I pat myself on the back for hiring them. They're fantastic. Uh, and, and they, they've bought into the system that we run. They've bought into the positive methodology, the psychology of what we're trying to do with these young athletes. I mean, if, if, you're, if we're going to be the last coaches they ever play for, we want to be the best coaches they've ever played for. And I am so proud and impressed to have great coaches around me because really that's what establishes your program.
How excited are you to play for this team right now? How much more fun is it to win, too? Oh, it's, it's great to win. It's a change from last year. Yeah. <laughs> Coach is laughing already. He's enjoying that, too. Tell me a little bit about some of the other teams you've seen in Wesco. We've got, you mentioned Murphy already, Snohomish, Linwood, Meadowdale. We're seeing them all kind of pile up the wins. What kind of a district tournament are we going to be looking at down the stretch? Well, I'll tell you, uh, without question, right at the top of, the, uh, top of those, those district championships, uh, with the five of us, even really, really the six of us, because we still have Shorecrest and Rob. Robin Williams puts on, I mean, she's a great coach and a great person, too, and we're expecting that to be a tough match. There are no real gimmies in this in this division, in this conference that I've seen. Uh, any, any team can show up. I'll tell you what, Stanwood uh, played played their hearts out and even took one off of us, and I was shocked because their record really doesn't show how good they are. But at the top of this conference, it's just fantastic volleyball. These teams are loaded with club players. They're loaded with great coaches, and it's just a pleasure to be able to play against teams like that every night. We don't expect to, to be able to walk through anybody at any given gym at any given time. Jesse? favorite moment of the season so far? Definitely playing with my sister and obviously my coach because he's pretty awesome. That's too easy. I got to get another one for me. Something that doesn't involve coach or your sister. Okay. Um, favorite win, favorite maybe bus trip, anything along those lines? Ooh. You, you got everybody listening, by the way, here right now, so make sure it's a good answer. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, I thought that Meadowdale win was a pretty oh, yeah. big one. Yeah. That was an awesome win for us. We really, yeah, we needed that. We came out strong, so it was a good win. And that was our first home match was against Meadowdale, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, so we went to five with Meadowdale. Super tough team, well coached. Barton's doing a fantastic work over there at Meadowdale. But they gave us everything that we could handle, and we were just the better team that night. And, and that was our first big win, and, and it really kind of set the tone for our season moving forward. And I don't think they've lost in West Coast since, so uh, very nicely done. Well, again, congratulations, Coach. Good to have you here in West Coast. Congratulations. On on a nice start to the season. A lot more to come, certainly. Districts right around the corner. We should mention also Monroe playing at Shorecrest tomorrow. That is going to be a road trip. And then they are home on Thursday against Edmonds Woodway. So, again, Coach Jesse, thank you for your time. Go Bearcats. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Go Bearcats. Bearcats, 7-3. And, three and uh, looking to, they got a big one against Shorecrest tomorrow. They're 6-4, and four, so kind of running neck and neck there in the standings. Going to be a good district playoff coming up, too. We've got... Uh, Snohomish is undefeated. Linwood and Meadowdale each with one loss. You got Monroe with three losses, and uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be exciting. There you go. What's up next? We're going to talk uh, football from oh, Friday and Saturday night. We're going to review all of the games from this past week. We'll do it next. Prep Sports Weekly right here on KRKO. Snohomish PUD has been energizing life in our communities for over 70 years. That's why your PUD is a proud supporter of broadcasting Western Conference high school athletics in our community. Congratulations to our local student-athletes for excelling in sports and academics. Your PUD offers several ways to help you save energy and lower your bill. The PUD offers instant rebates on energy-saving home improvements and special low prices on efficient home products. Check out snopud.com or visit marketplace.snopud.com for ways to save. All the team members at Marysville Toyota would like to send their congratulations to tonight's KRKO Marysville Toyota Player of the Game. They're honored to support all student-athletes in Snohomish County in the classroom and on the field of play. Work hard, play hard, and strive for excellence in all that you do. Again, congratulations to our Player of the Game and to all the athletes from the entire team at Marysville Toyota. Thank you, and thank you for making us proud. At KRKO, now more than ever, we all need to find a reason to smile. And now, a thought for the day from Tim Hunter. When you think about it, when you go to court, you're putting your fate 
into the hands of a dozen people you don't know who couldn't figure a way to get out of jury duty. It's Tim Hunter, mornings 6 to 9 on KRKO, when you can use a little smile to start your day. Are you looking for a space to host a meeting or just need a quiet place to study or read? Snow Isle Libraries is your community meeting place. We have cozy reading nooks, reservable meeting rooms, and more. Book a meeting room or a study space today by visiting our website at snow-isle.org. That's S-N-O-Isle.org. Connect your way with Snow Isle Libraries. Working with your own two hands to keep the industries in the Pacific Northwest moving forward. It's possible at Everett Engineering. Machining and fabrication services to make new and replacement parts for all industries. Everett Engineering supports the people, keeps the Puget Sound area growing, and now we're growing too. If you've got experience as a manual machinist, CNC programmer, or you're just interested in starting a career, find employment opportunities and benefits at everettengineering.com. Equal opportunity employer. Again, everettengineering.com. We continue on Prep Sports Weekly here on this Monday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willis. Let's take a, take a look at um, high school football. Yeah, there was a lot that happened over the weekend, and uh, unfortunately there should have been even more, but uh, the air quality index went a little high on Saturday, so some games got missed. Got missed, and they're being made up tonight. Let's talk. start with last Thursday, Anacortes. Seahawks are 7-0. and Linden plays Anacortes coming up on the 28th, but Anacortes beats Squalicum 35 to nothing. That'll be a fun game. Two undefeated teams then, right? Or two undefeated league teams. Anyway. Right, right. Monroe 28, Edmonds Woodway 14. Blake Springer went 18-31 of for 222 yards and two touchdowns, both to Trent Bublitz to lead the Bearcats. Diego Escandon had two touchdown passes for the Warriors. Monroe wins at 28-14. Yeah, and I was at that game. I do want to give a shout-out to Escandon. He started, started the game at wide receiver. In fact, I think he caught the first two passes of the game for Edmonds Woodway. Their quarterback, Stephen Warren Jr., went down with an injury. So Escandon switched over to quarterback, and then he started finding his receiver, Cannon Cannon Kennard, who had eight catches for 149 and two touchdowns. So really good game from those guys there too, but uh, just a little too much Monroe. Monroe's offense wasn't quite as explosive as it's been in the past. Three interceptions during, I think it was like a seven- or eight-minute stretch, mid-third third quarter to early fourth quarter. Bo Pruitt, Gavin Rance, Eli Miller all with interceptions. And Mason Davis had a 90-yard kickoff return. He's had a few of those this year. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I feel like every other week we're right. talking about Mason Davis returning the kick to the house. Don't kick to Mason Davis anymore if you're listening. <laughs> Just a piece of advice. Nahomish, if you're listening. Go ahead. And we see Snohomish and Monroe coming up on Friday night. We do. We might see Mason Davis running down the sideline at some point if uh, if the Panthers aren't careful. Don't kick it to him. No, I wouldn't. Kamiak 42, Jackson 21, doubled him up. Bentre Worthy threw four touchdown passes to Tandre Waverly as the Knights rattled off four straight TDs to put the game out of reach. Kamiak wins it over Jackson. you know what the score was at halftime? I think I do, but I can't remember. 21-21. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I thought Jackson had a shot. I thought, here we go. Um, good for them. They're improving, obviously. Uh, you'll, you'll take the uh, those type of games at this point. If you're Jackson, you're just looking to improve. And Kamiak getting back into the win column. It's, uh, they've had a little bit of a rough year. Lake Stevens got the win. Blanked Mariner 48 nothing after a scoreless first quarter. Jaden Lamar ran for three scores for the Vikings. Lakes won 
52 straight Wesco 4A games. Caden LaPlante and Colton Matson played quarterback both for the Vikings. 52 straight Wesco 4A victories. They'll probably get 53 this week. Will they get 54? Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, we've got that game. Glacier Peak weeks. and Lake Stevens coming up in 10 days. What is it now? 11 days? Yep. Look out. Yep, there you go. Arlington wins it. Blanks Oak Harbor 28-0. The Eagles um, lock up the Wesco North number three spot with the win. Jacoby Faylor is now the quarterback for the Eagles as Leighton Martin has gone down. Yeah, and as we heard last week, um, Leighton did break his arm. Faylor was the quarterback earlier this year. Right. and I think they think he's every bit as good. It's just that Faylor is also the best wide receiver on the team. So uh, gets moved back over to the quarterback position, and they uh, didn't miss a beat. They wrapped up that number three seed for the, the North Division. Stanwood wins it 42-6. to Ryder Bumgarner had three touchdown runs, including a 99-yarder. That's far. That's a long, that's about as long as you can go for the Spartans. Ryder has 1,500 yards and 18 touchdowns in seven games. And just a reminder, we'll hear from his head coach, Jeff Skoma, coming up uh, in a little bit here on the show. That sets up a nice matchup against Ferndale this week, the Battle of the Undefeateds in league play. And we'll have reports from that game during our game in Snohomish on Friday night. Again, Stanwood 42, Marysville Getchell 6. It was Shorewood over Snohomish 46-21. This was one of those stunners. Rory Swanson ran for two and threw a 73-yard TD pass for the Storm Rays. Shorewood has been blown out 62-8 by Monroe the week prior. Eduardo Ologio added a score and one touchdown for Shorewood. Yeah, interesting. And we'll talk to Rob Petchel, their coach, coming up here in a little bit. Uh, again, Shorewood is an interesting team. I saw them play Edmonds Woodway a few weeks ago, and I was really impressed with them. I, they're a scrappy team. They've got some really good talent. Don't know what happened last week, but obviously – and what might have happened is that maybe perhaps Snohomish was exposed last week. They had that rough outing against Liberty. Right. Maybe Shorewood saw something in the film because I'm not that surprised that Shore that Shorewood won the game. I know that sounds a little crazy, even almost in itself. I'm surprised at what the score was. Forty six twenty one. Definitely didn't see that coming. It was Seaholm over Archbishop Murphy, forty two fourteen. Murphy drops zero and six on the season. Wow. Who would have thought that about six or seven years ago, huh? Uh, the first game on our list that was postponed, Everett and Cedarcrest did not play out at Cedarcrest. They're playing tonight. Playing even. probably as we speak and over at Cedarcrest High School. And hopefully they've got good enough air quality because it's bad. It's out still of that. not good up there. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. If they obviously, if it at this point because Cedarcrest has a huge game right. against Cascade coming up on Friday night. If they're not getting that game in now, it's just not going to happen. Right. Speaking of Cascade, they went at 48-6 to over Meadowdale. Julian Thomas had three more touchdowns for the Bruins. He has 24 scores this year. Cascade remains alive for that postseason berth. We interviewed him after the game two weeks ago. He said his goal is 30 touchdowns. He's most of the way there. He's getting there. He's getting very close. Linwood beat Shortcrest 49 to nothing. How about the Linwood Royals? Zaire Griffin scored four times for Linwood. Raymond Siharath threw three touchdown passes for the Royals. And we're going to hear from both of those two gentlemen, as well as their coach and two of their teammates coming up on the show here in a little bit. Some other scores from last Friday night. Ferndale beat Mount Vernon 41-21. It was Cedra Woolley over Lakewood 49-14. Kind of been a long year at Lakewood for Coach Teeter yeah, and the Yeah, compared to where they've been the last few yep. years, certainly. Yep. Linden Christian beats Meridian 51 nothing. It was Linden over Burlington Edison 35-23. It was Vashon Island 13, Granite Falls 12. Gavin Tolan ran for a score and kicked a field goal to spot the Tigers to a 10-0 lead, but they couldn't hold on, and the difference was a safety in that ballgame. Yeah, very close game there, and uh, unfortunately, yeah, Granite Falls just coming up on the short end. Kings is rolling. They beat South Whidbey 62-22. I thought that was going to be closer. South Whidbey's had a pretty good year. Yeah, they ha and they were undefeated going into that game, but I think that also speaks to just how good Kings really is. Yeah. 
postponed by smoke as well, and they're playing tonight. Cedar Park Christian up at Sultan this evening. Uh, canceled smoke and no makeup was – in fact, Coopville drove over to Leavenworth. Oh, they got there, huh? They got there, uh, and they said, yeah, turn around and head on back. Ouch. Yes. Yeah, that's that's – you know what? I don't know. I'm not going to go off on too much of a soapbox here. Adults, figure it – I mean, if you know that there's a smoke issue, it's not like it completely came out of nowhere within right. like 20 minutes – that trip should have never happened, but right. okay, never mind. I digress, but <laughs> okay. yeah, just be smarter. Don't make these kids get on a bus and drive three hours each way or whatever it is. A couple of Saturday games. Quilcene beat Darrington 44-6. to Loggers have lost two straight. They started out 5-0. and yeah, They're playing some tough teams right now, yep. too. Quilcene's a good squad, and unfortunately, yeah, Darrington, uh, I think Darrington knew that this was going to be the part of the schedule they were going to struggle in, and sure enough, 5-2 and two still sounds pretty good, by the way. Oh, sure. Seahawks would take that. Yeah, that's right. Saturday, also, Mount Lake Terrace and Inglemore was supposed to play that was postponed by smoke no makeup date has been scheduled there. yeah you know it's it's a non-conference game and you know it's one of those things too where and i don't have any inside knowledge on this i'm just speaking off the top of my head that game could almost be played in a couple of weeks when both teams are looking for crossover opponents to finish right. out a, a week 10 they might come back around and go hey we still haven't played each other i need an opponent you need an opponent let's do this so who knows that might still happen but yeah it was one of those things where Saturday night, seven o'clock. It was right about that point when the uh, the air quality was at its peak worst. Easy call there to not call, play that game. And the game we broadcast here on KRKO, Glacier Peak beat Marysville Pilchuck forty nine to eighteen. Riverline had four touchdown passes, connecting with Trey Lechner, Austin Burns, Ryan King, and Gabe Russell. He also ran in a score. Chris Van Bonche scored two on the ground for the Grizz. Marysville Pilchuck had a twelve zero lead early in that ball game as Joseph Davis scored all three touchdowns. For Marysville Pilchuck. After the game, Amp Harrell talked with Glacier Peak coach Shane Keck. It was a tough one to, to grind out, but man, really proud of the way the kids battled. Slow start, got some things worked out, and then just finished it off in the second half. How'd we get here? Yeah, you know, I think that that's part of the growth of a program, right? We're really trying to, to, to play at a really high level, and sometimes it doesn't go your way. You know, in a couple years past, that may have flipped on us, and we weren't able to respond. And so tonight to see us come back and respond and, and play the way we did. Late in the sec- you know, in the second quarter and all the second half, really proud of our kids tonight. So obviously a lot of, of dudes that we can recognize, but what do you think was the difference in this game, or who do you think was the difference? You know, I think just executing, honestly. It wasn't necessarily any one person. Uh, we had some big plays by Crispin Bonch in the run game. Trey Lechner made some big plays. Riv made some big throws. And um, defensively, I thought that the, the two biggest plays of the game overall were Austin Burns' interception and then Owen Gluce's interception. Those two picks really took the momentum out of their sails, and so uh, those were the two of the big ones, I thought. What's in your mind coming out of this celebration? Because you got some big ones in front of you. Yeah, you know, we want to get healthy. We want to continue to grow. Hopefully we're better next week than we were this week, and hopefully all my kids stay safe at homecoming dance. I know homecoming is is fun and also a pain right coach hey man they're kids they gotta go have fun and enjoy it so uh just just really happy that we finished this on a win so again the final score glacier peak 49 marysville pilchuck 18 homecoming's always fun. unless you're the cheerleader that gets behind the sign and gets run over coming out of the <laughs> halftime break but oh, man, hopefully no. she's okay by the yeah. way we yeah we we joke because we saw her get up afterwards but that, yeah by the way stspn at halftime i'm sure a lot of people have already seen it but oh that was a scary moment so it was very very be, scary be safe on homecoming night kids <laughs> that's right sound like an old man so that's a look at football from a week ago what's coming up next let's uh, let's go ahead and talk to maybe not necessarily in this order we'll see if we can get him he's at a soccer game right now so we'll get you a two for one we'll get a soccer report here rob petchel the coach for shorewood football who just knocked off uh 
Snohomish by 25. We're going to talk to him during the next segment, and we'll also hear from the Linwood football team, the Royals, with a 49-0 victory over Shorecrest on Friday night. Prep Source Weekly continues right here on KRKO. Right now, I've got a really nice number I'd like to share with you. 3.29%. I knew you'd like it. And right now, Northwest Plus Credit Union has that number. Earn 3.29% APY interest on an 18-month CD on balances of $10,000 or more. If you've got some money laying around and getting soft, let's get it into shape with a 3.29% APY interest CD at Northwest Plus. Visit nwpluscu.com for details. APY equals annual percentage yield new money only ten thousand dollars minimum opening deposit 18 month term early withdrawal penalties may apply non-renewable other restrictions may apply federally insured by ncua all right guys bring it on in now this is football men and there are two things i want you to remember first you have to hit hard to make varsity and second you need those big earth movers up front and speaking of big earth movers gsr Reynolds in monroe has a huge selection of earth movers and earth moving accessories Plus, big equipment to get the job done. And for our big victory celebration, GSR Rentals also has big selections of tables and chairs, everything you need for a party. That's right, go get them, boys. For more information, go to gsrrentals.com. Whether you're talking about a building or a sports team, the foundation has to be strong. Smoky Point Concrete and Skagit Ready Mix have been a big part of so many strong foundations across the community, and they're not going anywhere. Concrete, sealants, aggregates, and so much more, supplying the best contractors around. Servicing the community for over four decades, Smoky Point Concrete believes in building teams and communities the old-fashioned way, the same way that has served us all for so many years. Proud to support local sports, SmokyPointConcrete.com. Hi, this is Jay Bihar for Bihar's Furniture. We all love this time of year, and Bihar's invites you to dress up your space for fall. You'll find cozy sofas, recliners, TV stands for watching the games, dining sets for holiday entertaining, and more at our low fall savings prices. I'd like to thank our loyal shoppers who have been with us for years and the new friends we are seeing every day. Bihar's believes in shopping locally, and we want to encourage you to support your community. Bihar's Furniture, 21st and Broadway in Everett, and online at bihars.com. And Prep Sports Weekly continues right here in KRKO. Easy for me to say. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. Let's fire up the coach's carousel, shall we? Yeah, and we've got a coach on right now who just defeated the Snohomish Panthers. Sorry, Tom Lafferty. I know. I know it's your alma mater. 46-21 on Friday night. Break up the uh, the storm rays of Shorewood. It's still not rolling off the tongue very well, but we'll get there. Rob Petchel, the head coach for Shorewood on the phone. Coach, congratulations on a huge victory on Friday night. No, we appreciate that. Thank you very much. And before we go any further, we should get a report. We mentioned it on, on the radio here a few minutes ago. Your daughter is on the Shorewood soccer team, and you are – I guess you just can't get enough of Shoreline Stadium these days. You're at the, the game right now, right, between Shorewood and Edmonds Woodway. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, the storm race. It doesn't doesn't flow off my tongue quite yet either. But, <laughs> uh, Shore, Shorewood's ahead 1-0 over Woodway right now with about 12 minutes to go in the first half. Very nice. And we should point out, too, we've uh, – well, new coach this year, but uh, – we, we've had uh, Mr., uh, their, their former coach, Dan Ferris, on a couple of different times. It's a Shorewood soccer program that's been really strong over the last few years. That's got to be kind of fun for you and the family to be a part of that. It is. They had a good they had a good run last year with a lot of seniors, and they're kind of keeping it going this year. I think they've lost one and tied one. and No, it's been a lot of fun. Dan did a great job. He's over at Juanita now as the head coach, and 
yeah, we like the new staff that's here. So things are rolling pretty good so far. Well, very good. So happy to hear that they're doing well and happy to see uh, you guys getting off the schneid a little bit on Friday night. Tell us a little bit about that game because I was talking about it earlier on the show. I had a chance to watch you play Edmonds Woodway a couple of weeks ago and was very impressed. I, I knew you had a tough, scrappy team, and I'll be very honest, I did not see 46-21 coming on Friday night. Did you know that your team had that in you? I mean, that had to surprise you on some level, right? Yeah, I think it, it did. Um, it did surprise us. Yes, I think that um, we've kind of had a up-and-down season. There's no question about it. But we've been really close, and we just haven't had, you know, every game we've played that we've lost, minus the Monroe game, which was not a, uh, not a very fun evening. But besides that, every game we've played, we've been either um, up by a couple points or down by a touchdown or less going into the fourth quarter, and we just haven't been able to finish. And um, we kind of put everything together on Friday night, and things went smooth, and there was a few turnovers that went our way, and, um, Sonomish had some quite a few penalties that helped us. Um, so things just kind of things did things went well, and the kids rallied from the Monroe game, which was was really good to see them come back and do that. Yeah, and I hate to bring up a bad moment, but I'm going to turn it into a positive here. You you lost to Monroe 62 to eight, fourth straight loss. Going into the following week, how do you keep morale up, and how do you get them ready for a game like Snohomish? On paper, obviously, Snohomish was undefeated in league play. It looks like a mismatch from all angles for for a lot of folks. How do you and your coaching staff get your guys to where you can build them up and say, hey, we can go out there and we can not only play with these guys, we can beat these guys? So for us, it was, I mean, it was hard. It wasn't easy. But we have a team that doesn't, um, you know, I would give more credit to the kids than the coaches because we didn't really have an attitude where we were going to quit at any point in time this season. Coming off of last year where we, were in, uh, we played the independent schedule, which was great, but if you lost one game, you were out. So we knew that we still had a chance to go to the playoffs, and we just needed to work hard to get back and going. Um, they've been working really hard. We have some, we have great senior leadership, we have great junior leadership, and we have four sophomores that, that play pretty much every down for us. And it's just uh, they weren't willing to give up, and it was great. They had a good week of practice, and they came out pretty loose. It was homecoming week, and I don't think they've won a homecoming at Shorewood in six, seven, eight years. So it's a big deal. So they just the kids really rallied and did a great job preparing all week long, and we felt like we had a chance if we if we did a lot of things right, and, and we came out and we did that. No, definitely. Well, one name I want to make sure we get out there because he really kind of caught my eye a couple of weeks ago. Talk a little bit about Rory Swanson. He, uh, I think he's your starting quarterback, your starting linebacker. He just screams football player to me. He looks like one of those kids where if you told him you needed him at left guard, he would play left guard. What what kind of a kid is he? What kind of a player is he? Well, Roy's a terrific kid. He's a he's a very good student athlete. I think he has a three nine GPA. Um, he's I believe a captain on the baseball team. He pitches and plays third base. Um, he works out in the weight room four days a week. He's just a super kid. And and we did ask him. He's one also one of our captains. I think that's important to point out because I put a lot on our captains. But um, Roy's done a great job with leadership this year, and he would do anything. And he's he's really taken on to our offense um, and done a very nice job leading those guys. He's had great runs for us and he's doing a great job leading them and then on defense he is one of our leaders on defense as well I think he's the third leading tackler on the team um, he's over right at 50 tackles in the seven weeks and does a lot of great things for us and he keeps those guys motivated um, he's very vocal on the field and keeps everybody going so he's a great leader great kid who who are some of the other kids we might be watching if we go to a, a Shorewood game Sure. So number 53 is Hunter Thibodeau. Um, he was an all-league linebacker last year for us. Um, he is a senior as well, captain. You have Eddie Illusio, um, number 22, who had 170 yards rushing the other night on 29 carries. Just had a terrific night for us. He's been a three-year starter at that position at running back. Um, my son is actually on the team, Reed Petchel, number 11. 
he also is a captain and was an all-league linebacker last year. He was doing a great job. Um, he actually ended up playing offensive line, converting from receiver to offensive line last weekend because we had a kid that got hurt. So we just um, we just have a great group. I'm trying to not leave anybody out. Isaac Van Horn, Alberto Solano. We have five running backs in our backfield, basically, that all do a great job. So we don't have one guy that has all the yards. Everybody kind of shares it. Well, and talk a little bit about your coaching staff. I recognize a few of those names on there. In fact, I think uh, – a role reversal here. I think once upon a time, weren't you an assistant on Alex Brashkoff's staff at Mount Lake Terrace? Alex Brashkoff coached me when I was in high school at Blanchett. Oh, no kidding. So, yeah, okay. So we go way back, and then I did. I was the D coordinator for Alex at uh, Mount Lake Terrace High School, and now he's the offensive coordinator, So, which is great. And then uh, Kirk Melton is also on staff. He was up at uh, Marysville Getchell, I believe, last year. The, um, the Eagle, Wyatt Tonkin, the baseball coach, is on the staff. He's uh, doing a great job. And then and then we get a little bit younger after that. I got some former players that were with me at Shorecrest. Um, I have a former player that was with me at Shorewood when I was there before. Um, and just a, I don't know, it's just a great group. We have eight or nine guys that all work hard every week and watch a lot of film. And, and the kids, the kids respect them, and they respect the kids. So it works out to be a great, great concept. I'd be remiss if I don't ask. Why did you come back? You, you, you were the head coach for this team. I want to say what 2010 through 2015. You stepped away. Uh, I'm guessing your kids maybe had a little bit to do with it. They're a little older now, but uh, what was it about this job that appealed to you the second time around? Yeah, so you're right about that. So I was at Shorecrest as the D coordinator, and my son was a um, was a freshman at Shorewood, and then I have another one that's now now a freshman at Shorewood that was on our C team. And it was just um, I was done. I was going to stop coaching, and then that job opened up, and I'm going well. I'm, I really don't want to stop, but I wanted to watch them play. So it was just time to come back, and I've coached a lot of these kids that are on this team since they were in Little League. Um, for baseball and for everything else, basketball, you name it, because my kids all grew up with them. And so it was a good group, and I knew it. And so I decided, that, eh, why not Why not come back and see if we can get some things changed around and do a little better job than I did the first time. There you go. And we should ask also, Friday night, the Rotary Cup, right? Shore, Shorewood, Shorecrest, always a huge turnout. You can pretty much throw the records out on a game like this. Uh, it's coming up at 7 o'clock Friday night. I'm guessing you know quite a few folks over there. You said you were just the uh, the coordinator there. Brandon Christensen, of course, still there. So uh, are, are you looking forward to that game? I mean, obviously you got a lot of friends over there, I would think. So is this is this a fun matchup for you, or is it one you almost kind of dread just because of the, the connections? So it goes, it's kind of both. So we really enjoy the matchup. It's actually a lot of fun. Uh, Brandon Christensen is one of my best friends. So as far as our, our kids have grown up together, uh, we hang out on weekends and watch college football. So for one night of the year, we're, we're not great friends. But after the game, we'll shake hands and hug, and it'll be great regardless of who wins, just like we do every time. So, no, it's a great event for our community. Um, it's really one of the biggest events for our community. So we'll have a packed stadium. It's probably one of the bigger crowds we'll play in front of. And our kids are really excited about it. I think it's, uh, it's having homecoming, then the Rotary Cup back-to-back before crossovers is the terrific way to, to keep our season going. So and our kids uh, our kids are playing good football. They played good football last week anyway, so we're hopefully going to get after it and go out and, and do our best and see what happens. We, sh- we should point out, if you're going to the game, get there early because it does get packed for that game. I did want to ask one final thing, too. If I'm understanding this correctly, and I think I'm, I'm learning kind of as we go along, if Cascade wins on Friday, they're going to – play themselves in through the Polk division into the playoffs, which means they'll have a Tuesday game with you at some point. I'm assuming, does that mean, would you play somebody else if they lost or do you get that Tuesday off? I'm trying to, I'm trying to gauge if you're a Cascade fan or not this coming Friday night. <laughs> well, this Friday night, I'm definitely a Cedarcrest fan because they play Cedarcrest. So that's, uh, that's where that game's at. So they, uh, they play Cedarcrest next Friday. And if Cascade wins that, 
the crossover will actually be at our place on Wednesday night. It'll be on Wednesday so, night, okay. It will be because of um, because we both have – so we have the Rotary Cup on Friday, and I believe Cascade has homecoming on their Friday. So we would play Wednesday, and then the winner of that matchup, if it's Cascade and or us, would go and play, I believe, at Arlington, who's the three seed up in the north. So, yeah, so I'm rooting – I mean – just naturally, I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Cedar Crest, so we don't have to play a midweek game, Ooh. and then uh, then we would just have the normal crossover situation. We've got Jordan C coming up on the show later tonight. We won't tell him that, so we'll we'll keep that a secret. I think he would understand. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think, I think I he would think, too. Yeah, I think that he would be okay with that. So, well, let's let's hope for some playoff football for you guys. Again, an exciting victory the other night. Shorewood defeating Snohomish 46-21. Rob Petchel uh, enjoying. Being a dad tonight at the at the pitch over at Shoreline Stadium, watching some soccer and getting ready for the Rotary Cup this Friday night. Thanks for your time uh, and uh, best wishes. Great, thank you very much. I appreciate it. The Linwood Royals picking up their first victory of the season and doing it in a big-time fashion on Friday night, 49-0 over Shorecrest. Head coach Keontae Bankhead with some of his stars here. Coach for you. Knowing the work and effort that these guys put in, knowing what they've been through this season, you guys came so close last week against Mount Lake Terrace. Yep. What does this mean? Man, it means it means a lot. You know, we needed to get over that hump. We've been playing some good football. We just haven't been finishing lately. Um, and these guys put it together um, this week. Well-deserved. We had a great week of practice, um, and, and they deserve this win. So much of what you guys have to do as a coaching staff is just to build guys up too, right? I mean, you get some of these young guys, been through the process, been through the program, watching them from week to week and knowing that they're taking some of the L's. And some of those games were pretty rough too. How difficult was it to kind of keep building morale and to keep these guys going? Because the last two weeks, you guys have looked like a different team. Yeah, when you when you got a group of guys who don't quit and they come to work every day um, and they put in the effort, then that's going to happen. You know, and each week, the score might not show up, but every week we're getting better and progressing. And as a coaching staff, we're proud of these guys um, to see the progress and tonight they put it all together. Okay, I want to go around here and have these guys introduce themselves one by one. Give us your name and what position you play. My name is Raymond C. Haroth. I'm a quarterback. My name is Jordan Whittle and I'm a wide receiver. Uh, I'm Dion Baker. I play receiver and corner. Zaire Griffin. I play running back and cornerback. Okay, I want to get the, we got two uh, I think two sophomores and two seniors out here, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to get these two seniors first because you guys have been a part of this program for a while. I've been watching you play here for the last few years. Jordan, your senior year, I know you've been through a lot. Uh, what does this mean for you tonight? You had over 100 yards receiving. I think you had like yeah. nine, nine catches too, so it was a big night for you. What does it mean for number 10? Hey, it feels good after all that's been going on through the season. This feels so satisfying. It feels so satisfying. All that work and effort we've been putting in, it feels good. It feels good. And I'm looking at Dion over here, and Dion's kind of like the Swiss Army knife coach. I mean, I feel like even watching him like his freshman year, he was doing a little bit of everything. everything. And he kind of did that tonight, too. You, you you ran for a touchdown. You had an interception. The block you threw on one of Zaire's touchdown runs, I, that guy's going to feel that for a few days, I think. So, what? I mean, talk a little bit about your, your time in the program here. This is your fourth year. To be able to go out and to contribute in various ways, I mean, how are you feeling about your uh, your situation right now? Uh, I mean, man, it felt great. Uh, like Coach said, when you got a, a group of guys willing to work, They'll never quit, and this win felt great. First one in the senior season. 
So great. You got a couple of nice leaders here too, don't you, Coach? Yeah, yeah. They're being they're being modest right now. They're being they're being humble right now. That, trust me, they they're being humble right now. You should hear them at practice. Well, what does it mean to have a Jordan and a Dion on your team? Because I want to talk to these two young guys here in a minute, but these guys kind of set the tone, right? Yeah, and, and you know they bring it in practice, and I tell them how how you practice is gonna is how it's gonna transform to the game. And these guys they come out and play. Dion is an all-purpose guy. He's gonna play wherever we need him. Corner, quarterback. Wide receiver, it doesn't matter. Jordan's gonna do whatever we ask him to too. Uh, these guys are both good kids on and off the field. I'm, I'm grateful to be, you know, be their coach for four years. Okay, let's talk to the quarterback here for a minute. I'm saving the guy that had four touchdowns, by the way. We haven't even gotten to him yet. But the quarterback here, he was throwing the ball all over the place tonight. Raymond, for you, only a sophomore, doing it all too. Um, what's it been like for you? I mean. First of all, underclassmen, so are you, you comfortable in this role? Or you look like you're getting more and more comfortable. Yeah, I'm getting more comfortable, you know, throughout the week, you know, and it's just building confidence, you know, just play out there. Just It's just a game, you know. Is there anything in particular that happened tonight that maybe clicked for you early on? Because you guys kind of got a rolling early. They tried that onside kick to start the game. You marched right down the field. You took off. I think you had a nice run there. It's one point there, too. Talk a little bit about that just in terms of setting the tone early. Yeah, you know, setting the tone. Like I told Zaire in the locker room, you know, we're going to set the tone tonight. We're going to score first. And, you know, just putting my trust into all these guys, you know, it helps a lot. Mm. Nice when you have some weapons like this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, with Zaire, we should get over here. Four touchdowns tonight. I think he caught one. You ran for three. First of all, in the first half, and we should point this out, this was a big one here, too. You guys were, I think, back at your own 30-yard line with about 20 seconds to go. Raymond threw you a screen pass, and I didn't think you were going anywhere. You went to your right. You looked like you were going to lose about eight yards. You must have broken eight or nine tackles and spun off a few more, and you get down the field about 35 yards to set up a touchdown on the next play. What, what was up with that? I mean, is that just instincts, or are you uh, you seeing things kind of in slow motion? Hey, slow motion. I was just running. <laughs> I, I went back and I did my thing. I won. I didn't. I, I hate losing yards so much. I needed. I needed a first. We need it. We got to set the tone for before half, after half, the whole game. We need to have 100% every play, no matter what. You're, you're not the biggest guy in the world. What's your size? I'm a height. Oh. It's a height, height and weight. Hey, 5'6", 240. Or 140, one He plays like he's 240, though. 140, 140, 140. Well, the reason I ask is because I, I think back to, like, my, myself and Coach Bankhead here. He reminds me a little bit of, like, a Barry Sanders type from back in the day. But I don't know who, who maybe you guys look up to in this day and age. Do you do you have players that you kind of emulate your game after? or uh, Alvin Kamara, that plays for the uh, Saints. Saints, sure. Yeah. He's not the biggest running back, but he runs the hardest, one of the hardest, one of my favorite uh, running backs in the NFL right now, if not the favorite. So tell me about the tell me about the block that Dion threw though. Amazing. You, did you see it? Yes. yes. Uh, right when he hit it, outside. Mm. <laughs> Amazing. You, he flew. You, you knew. He flew. Defensively, g give us some names. Who who was out there tonight making some plays that maybe other than these four right here? Uh, Victor Victor Hernandez um, had a big game. Alfonso Garcia had a, had a big game. Um, and Trent. Trent Whitehead had a big game for us, too, on defense. Yeah, Whitehead also with the touchdown right at the end of the half, yeah. too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's our guy. Um, he, he's kind of the quarterback of the defense um, and, and the leader of this team. Uh, grateful, uh, grateful to have him as a player. And, and Raymond, for you, uh, is it kind of important to make sure the different guys get to eat tonight? I mean, again, a lot of different guys. I think everybody in this, uh, this area right here scored a touchdown or threw a touchdown, and we didn't even mention the fact that Whitehead had one. Yeah. So uh, how important is it to see that there's a little distribution, too? Yeah, it is really important, you know. It's just I – don't like the fact that I have to, you know, 
Choose. Choose. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really want to spread the ball, and, you know, when that time comes, I'm going to do it. Hey, he's trying to be modest. He know I'm the number one choice. Okay. The <laughs> see, see, coming out now. It's coming out now. Did, did the guys try to give you a hard time, like, okay, the sophomores want you to kind of take care of your own class, and the seniors are telling you that you got to give it to them, or? Oh, no. I mean, you know, it's 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 a team game. Go to the other side. Yeah. The drop microphone, but we're still going, so. Uh, yeah, but it's more like throw to the other side than yeah. choose. Just, just work it around and make sure everybody's getting some. Yeah, this should be just Everyone eats. Everyone eats. Yes. For the seniors, what is your ultimate goal as we go forward? These guys here are trying to build something for the future, too. What are you guys hoping to get out of this? I guess I'm looking at the sophomore quarterback, but, but how about you, Jordan? Uh, I'm hoping to continue to college hopefully play D1 and continue on from there. But to do that, it's going to be even more work. Uh, like, even when it's practice, go hard during practice and then do it right afterwards. So, yeah. You mentioned he's a track star, too, so D1 schools come looking for him. Deion, what about you? What are you hoping to accomplish over the next couple of weeks? Uh, man, I want to get a couple more wins. This win felt good, but a couple more definitely feel better. And, yeah, we're just we're, we're about to work hard. Coach, before I let you guys go, yep. give us some shout-out. Give out some love for your coaching staff. Yeah, we, we did good today. Reggie, um, our OC, our DC, we had a good game plan. We had a good scheme for these guys. We watched a ton of film, um, and I, I think we, we prepared well this week um, and, and it showed on the scoreboard tonight. There we go. Again, the scoreboard's still up there. They haven't taken it off yet. Linwood 49. I need these guys to stick around. We'll get a picture with you guys in a second here. Linwood 49, Shorecrest 0. Senior night against Redmond coming up next week. Linwood Royals, go enjoy this one. Congratulations. Yes, Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. What'd you drop the gear? Yeah, I dropped my, well, I have a little handheld recorder, <laughs> yeah. and I think one of them swung around and, and butt my arm. And uh, you got to secure the ball, right? You got to secure the recorder too, apparently. So that's right. You got to hold well, on to the. Wasn't expecting there. You know, I'm I'm an old man. I'm brittle, and when you when you hit my hand when I'm holding a recorder, Ow. things. I'm just glad that they didn't break, right? So that was the big thing. So yeah, we didn't. We figured we'd leave that in there. No editing needed. So uh, you, you get a dropped recorder. You got the uh, the car alarm going off in the background after the game, and hey. Live radio. Live radio and a little football omniance on a Friday night at Edmond Stadium. Let's talk some more football. Yeah, we've got uh, Jeff Scoma from Stanwood and Jordan C. from Cascade still coming up. Prep Source Weekly on KRKO. When you need to get a screwdriver fast for that one weird screw, Ace is the place. When you want to get that luxury riding lawnmower you've been researching for months, Ace is the place. And for everything in between, Ace is the place. Ace Hardware is where convenience meets quality. And when you shop at the Ace Hardware in Lake Stevens, you're shopping at an Eaglestad Ace Hardware, locally owned by Christine Eaglestad. She lives here. Her kids went to school here. She's dedicated to the Lake Stevens community. So the next time you find a weird screw, or when it's time to get that riding mower, stop in to your locally owned and operated Ace hardware in Lake Stevens. The first impression is the most important, so trust your first impression to Screen Printing Northwest. Get your logo embroidered on a shirt or hat. Make a statement with custom screen printed shirts and hoodies for your business, school, or event. And relax knowing that your first impression is in the hands of the area's experts for a quarter century. Screen Printing Northwest in downtown Everett. Online at ScreenPrintingNW.com. That's ScreenPrintingNW.com. Tired of doing battle in the kitchen every night? 
Time to surrender and take the family to the Buzz Inn Steakhouse. The Buzz Inn is open for indoor dining with mouth-watering hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. Relax while the Buzz Inn takes on the hazardous cleanup duty. And with nine locations, there's a Buzz Inn near you. Check out the menu ahead of time at buzzinsteakhouse.com. Dine in or take out the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, where you always get a great deal on a great meal. Mike Dixon with Farmers Insurance knows that good coverage counts. Whether you're running through the defense to the end zone, finding a good position for the game-winning three-pointer, or if the neighbors need to refine their fastball. And here comes the pitch. Oh, sorry. Coverage is important. Call Mike Dixon to find out what coverage is best for you. And pretty soon, you'll be Stixon with Dixon. That's Mike Dixon with Farmers Insurance in Old Town Mugletio. Call 425-375-0860 today. Because coverage counts. Prep Sports Weekly continues on this Monday night. Tom Laffrey along with Steve Willits. I feel like if you want to go to Stanwood on a Friday night, you better get a parking spot like tomorrow. Yeah, we, we just talked to the, about the Rotary <laughs> Cup and how that one's going to fill up. This game also, uh, two teams that are undefeated in league play. Whoever wins on Friday night is going to walk away with the Wesco 4A, or 3A North number one seed. Stanwood versus Ferndale. And joining us right now, the head coach for the Stanwood Spartans, we've got Jeff Skoma on the line. Coach, 7-0, and congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. No, absolutely. We uh, we had a chance to catch up with you, and we broadcasted the Stilly Cup this year, the 37-6 to victory over Arlington. That was one thing that you could check off the box. Uh, you made the playoffs last year. You got a playoff win. Wesco 3-8 North Division champ. That would be something that you haven't done in a while. What would it mean to get this game on Friday night? Well, I mean, yeah, we know Ferndale has been kind of, you know, one of the, the top teams in Wesco 3-A, and um, – you know, we had a chance to, you know, to take on Arlington, check that box, take on Pilchuck, check that box. Uh, we know they're probably the most physical team in, in all of West Coast, so uh, we're, we're excited. You know, we look forward to the opportunity, and, uh, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to beat one of the better teams in 3A. No, definitely. I do want to back up here for a moment before we talk a little more about the Ferndale game. So we covered the Steely Cup. The very next week, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this was a road game, right? You went to Union, right? We did, yeah. We had a void in week six uh, in order to make that game happen. It was a home-and-home. Home. They wanted the first year to be away. So I thought, you know, hey, let's let's face some adversity. Let's go on the road, uh, you know, four-and-a-half-hour road trip and, uh, you know, play at a pretty big stadium with an electric crowd and, um, you know, against a really well-coached team that won the state championship four years ago. So uh, kids did a great job, you know, uh, I think I mentioned to you briefly. We did not have any air conditioning on the bus going down. It broke. The air conditioning broke. Uh. So, uh, uh, and we had we had a charter, so we could open the window. So it was a tough bus ride down. But uh, I wanted some adversity. I maybe didn't want that much. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got. By the way, the final score was sixty nine forty seven. I think a basketball game broke out when you got down there. Uh, but in terms of scheduling a team like Union in Week Six, how much does that help you get ready for a game like not only Ferndale? But you've got playoff football coming up, too. I've got to think it's kind of nice to put a game like that on your schedule and to get battle-tested. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, facing a, a, you know, a, a really big uh, you know, size school with a lot of, a lot of athletes there, um, you know, like I said, well-coached, tough football team, 
I think that was a great uh, opportunity for us. And then you play them on the road, you know, makes it even that more difficult. So I think that's only going to help us as we move forward. Definitely. You mentioned Ferndale's a physical team. What what else are we expecting on Friday night? What kind of an – I mean, I would think somewhat similar in terms of the type of styles you play. Yeah, we're very similar. They might throw the ball just a little bit more. and They'll do it – you have a few unique passing formations. But, uh, you know, it's kind of the new kid on the block versus the – you know, the team that's kind of been the perennial, uh, you know, one of the top West Coast teams. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. We've talked about him numerous times on this show, and we've brought him up with you before. Ryder Bumgarner, do you, do you catch yourself sometimes watching him and realizing and recognizing that, hey, this this is the kind of kid you don't necessarily get to coach every year when you're, when you're coaching football? Over time, I would think that maybe you appreciate him a little bit more, but do you ever find yourself in the moment just watching and going, yeah, this is pretty special? Well, yeah, I think, you know, he's kind of a once in a, uh, you know, very rare athlete. And what's very, what's really cool about Ryder, um, and I've mentioned it before, is there's no one that's more intense. There's no one that works as hard, um, in the, you know, during the season and the off season that loves football, that has passion. He's a 4-0 student. Um, really, there, there's, there's no one that is, gets, the, you know, the most out of his ability than Ryder. He is, he has earned everything that he has has uh, done in his life and um, you know any college would be lucky to have him because they don't realize not only is he a great football player he's really just a great person and a person that's going to elevate your football program no definitely you've got a few of those on your team before uh, we do let you go any other players you maybe want to give a shout out to players that maybe are working behind the scenes and maybe don't get the notoriety that have been stepping up lately well I know I'm going to miss some guys so uh, I'll try to cover off a few Uh, Carson Beck obviously you know he's a pretty talented guy I think he had 300 and some all-purpose yards and four or five touchdowns against uh, Union. One pick six and a, a receiving touchdown and, a, and a two or three rushing touchdowns. The guy's dynamic, and certainly if you want to key on Ryder, uh, we can get the ball to Bechter Otto. Uh, the offensive line, you know, I think that we have multiple first-team all-conference guys on the O-line as well as potential all-state guys just that kind of go under the radar that are, that are really tough physical kids. Um, and, and very technical with their blocking. And then, you know, I think on defense, a lot of those guys play both ways, but one kid that's the defensive um, only guy is Noah Grinna in the middle, who's, you know, very difficult to block and, and um, you know, and does a great job as far as plugging gaps at linebacker. Oh, definitely. Well, again, there's a reason this team is 7-0. and A lot of talent, great coaching staff, uh, certainly getting it done top to bottom, and a big test coming up Friday at home, Stanwood High School. If you're going – Go early, 7 p.m. start time. Winner's going to walk away with that number one seed. Jeff Skoma, congratulations on all your success so far this season, and best wishes on Friday night. Thank you, guys. Go Spartans. Take care. Well, Steve, let's talk Cascade Bruins football. Cascade Bruins football, they are undefeated so far this year, and they are playing a team that is also undefeated this coming Friday night. And really, for all intents and purposes, because of the fact that they're in the Polk division, Mm -hmm. You have to go undefeated to make the playoffs right, right. if you're going to play in that division. So this is a playoff game, essentially. Sure. One of these two teams is going to see their playoff chances come to an end on Friday night. No pressure there, right, Jordan C., the uh, the head coach for the Cascade Bruins, joins us right now. Coach C., how are you tonight? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, big game on Friday. Um, great opportunity, and we're super excited. No, definitely. And i got to give you a little hard time here, too. And this kind of shows what it is to be in 2022 versus – maybe in 1992, the, the Terry Ennis days, if you will. Cedar Crest is playing tonight, 
four days before your game. They had a game moved because of the the air quality this week. So they're playing Everett tonight, and you're not going to the game. You got out of that one. So uh, is that just kind of show that what what you can do with the uh, the technology that's out there these days? The coach doesn't necessarily need to be there like back in the day. You're going to get plenty of video, and you probably know quite a bit about Cedar Crest already, I would think. Yeah, we have a bunch of their games, um, and you know we have a program now where we share film. And uh, a couple of my coaches are going to the game. You know, I also have a couple, two little kids at home, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And uh, you know, my wife's out of town, so I have to babysit. They come first before football. So um, if I were able to make it, I'd be there. But we feel good with the film, and my coaches are going to scout them tonight as well. Well, the, your coaches are scouting them tonight. And by the way, yeah, family first. We like to hear that. What have you seen from them so far? You're starting to get ready for their game this week. Also undefeated. We've had uh, we've had Coach Fiala on already this year. What kind of a team are they? Yeah, Coach Fiala, you know, he's a really good coach. Um, I believe former NFL player. Um, super stingy, um, disciplined defense. I think that's kind of the foundation of their team. Um, they like to run the ball um, kind of right at you and kind of grind it out. And then when they like to throw, they like to throw downfield, you know. So really stingy defense. You know, try to turn out some first downs on the ground, and they really want to hit their big plays through the air downfield. Um, you know, really well coached. They know what they are, and they play to their strengths, and they've had a lot of success this year. Is there anything they do that might change the way I – and mean, you can't give away all your secrets here on the radio, of course, but anything that they might be doing that might change the way you play, or are you kind of more of the, uh, of the belief that, hey, we, we play our game and let other teams adjust accordingly? Yeah, you know, I think on offense, you know, since we were on the wing tee, it's – it's, it's a blessing because I think teams don't see it every week. The curse of it is we don't necessarily know how they're going to line up um, to defend us. And, you know, for example, last game against Meadowdale, they completely flipped their defense halfway through the, uh, the first half. And so, you know, we have ways around that with the rules and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, offensively we just have to be prepared to kind of face different looks each week. You know, we do scout them when you have an idea, but I can get thrown out the window in the first quarter. Um, you know, I think, like, they can really throw the ball. Uh, downfield they have some good athletes and uh, you know we've played a few teams that have kind of showed to throw the ball we, we expect Cedar Crest to be able to throw uh, we like our secondary a lot and we've been able to get pressure on the quarterback so I think it's kind of a strength on strength there I've asked this question to high school coaches before and it's worth noting again especially based on what's on the line this week for you guys high school football versus maybe college or the NFL Cedar Crest is going to have three days off between tonight and Friday, how much of an advantage is that for you guys, and how much of a disadvantage is it for them? I've got to think that, obviously, at the pro level, you're taking a lot bigger hits, and the the body doesn't maybe recover quite as quickly. These are 16, 17 year old kids; they feel like they're you know they're they're resilient. They can come back from anything. But are, are you happy that they're playing tonight? Yeah, I think it is an advantage for us. I mean, you know, high school, especially when you get to the varsity level, it's it's a physical, violent game, and uh, you know. If, if, I think if on the average kid, he should they should be good for Friday um, from their perspective. You know, if you have a couple of guys nursing injuries, though, you know, it's truly a week-to-week thing, and it might be a difference between getting those two days to be, have a kid ready to go. You know, obviously I don't know their situation. Um, I know, you know, this year we've actually stayed healthy. Those two days can really make a big difference, uh, you know, really three days to having a guy ready to go the next night. So I think it's an advantage for us, but – you know, obviously it's week to week. If they're healthy, they're healthy. If they're not, they're not. So we shall see. We usually don't give coaches uh, suggestions, but our suggestion from this side is give the ball to Julian Thomas. Yeah. He, uh, yeah <laughs> tell tell he, us about know, him. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, the fullback's the main guy in the wing key, and uh, all his fails give him the rock. You know, there's no secret. He's going to play ball 20-plus times a game. Really understands how we how we want to attack in the wing key, um, the type of cuts he needs to make. And, uh, you know, and he's fully bought in, and he's a great player. You know, he's kind of the total package um, in regards to understanding what we're trying to do, a ton of talent. You know, it's rare to give – you know, I really think I could give him the ball 35, 40, 40 times in a game if I had to, and he could handle that, which is sounds crazy, but he's a unique player, super tough, loves the game, and when all else fails, give it to number two. That's 35 or 40 times a game when you're talking about a guy who's 5'6", 170, too. So that's, uh, that's impressive. He, he's got some guys up front that are blocking pretty well, too, aren't they? Yeah, you know, this is the best line I've coached since I've been the head coach in five years. And so, you know, it's, that's why we've had a lot of success on offense. It's my best line. I think it's probably my best backfield at the same time. Matthew Phillips, my right tackle, is the best offensive lineman I've coached in five years in the wing tee. And I've had some great players that says a lot. Um, Landon Gardner, my right guard, didn't play since his freshman year. And that's one reason why we're having success. He comes out, and he's one of the best guards I've coached. Um, Nate Popple at left guard, just a scrappy old school 175-pound guard. Terry Ennis would be proud. <laughs> um, just tough as heck. And, uh, you know, a lot, a couple other guys that got some playing time last year. I mean, Connor Murwise, David Schmidt, um, Drew Anderson. So, yeah, I mean, we have the offensive line. We've stayed healthy. They know exactly what we're doing. They're good athletes. And so we've been scoring a bunch of points. Now, I, ho- I hope you take this question in – I mean for it to be respectful. I mean, we just try to try yeah. to put put that up front here. Uh-oh. Yeah. There there are teams that are playing in the Polk division and you see why they're playing in the division. They just they're sure. so down and they don't have the numbers and they're they're struggling to find talent. You just named off a bunch of talented players that you're very excited about. And I've been asked this question, so you're going to kind of help me to answer it now. Yeah. What is it about the Polk division that got Cascade interested? And I, I this is a two-year thing, right? So you've been in it since last year. At that point in time, did it make more sense because these guys were younger? What was it about the Polk division that you were intrigued by? Why did you and maybe some of the other folks at the school decide that this was the route you wanted to go? Yeah, you know, I think you've seen some trends in football and some sports. Some schools um, have never – I'm not going to name any schools right now, but some schools have never been very good. And, you know, I think they have good coaches. And, you you know, some other schools seem to always have talent, and you can kind of pencil in who's going to win those games. I think, you know, I think certain schools are, are better at certain sports, and I just think it was a good opportunity. I've been pushing for a tiered division, um, an upper and a lower division in Wesco, because if you look at the, the standings the last 10, 15 years, it's the same schools at the top, typically. Um, you know, not always the same, and I just thought, you know, hey, we can get the most competitive games in in a two-tiered uh, system for the better teams and kind of the teams that are kind of in the middle pack and the bottom. So that's really where it all started. You know, we did actually did a uh, – Two years ago, we actually joined the Polk division. They didn't call it that then. The first year was the COVID year. And then last year was actually the second year. You know, last year we went four and six, playing an independent schedule. You know, you're always thinking ahead as a coach. You know, I kind of felt right when that season ended, like, hey, I know I thought we'd be a little bit better. Uh, But that's honestly it. You know, I was like, oh, maybe we can win six or seven games um, this season. Um, and then honestly, just everything completely fell into place. Like some of those guys that I named, you know, one guy doesn't come out till this senior year, Devin Gilbert, my wide receiver. He's the best basketball player in Wesco. He literally shows up in spring. He didn't play last year. Um, I had a, my tight end puts on 40 pounds. One of the best transformations I've seen. I mean, I could literally go on and on. I have a kid that didn't play since his freshman year. He's the soccer goalie. He comes out. He's my starting middle linebacker. I mean, I just, 
like literally didn't play last year. So I think a lot of luck's involved. The pieces completely came together. Um, like I said, I thought we'd be a little bit better than last year, and it, it kind of comes out to be we're a lot better. So to answer the question, if people are out there, you know, how did this happen? That's just really where it came from. You know, we just I'm, I'm surprised. They even told my players I'm surprised how good we actually are. So. No, and it's nice that you get a chance to answer a question like this because it means things are going well, and that's ultimately. And I'm I'm a huge proponent of the Polk Division. Don't get yeah. me wrong. And I just sometimes you look at certain teams and go, okay, how did they get here? And I, I love the fact that they also put this uh, thing into place where if you go undefeated, which is where you are right, right now, you can make the playoffs. But they're not making that that path easy for you too. We should point that out. If anybody thinks that hey, you can back your way into a playoff by going undefeated in the Polk Division. You still got to play a game on a Tuesday night, probably you know, coming up. If you do, in fact, go go that route, right? So it's not as though you're getting an easy path. Yeah, I mean, we have to go undefeated. I mean, we we beat Newport in double overtime week two. I mean, if that game goes the other way, we're not having this conversation right now. You know, we got to play our two rivals, Everett and Jackson, every year. Um, Everett beat us last year. You know, we're playing two West Go North teams, Oak Harbor, and a couple years ago went to State. Um, playing Getchell, and so you know, you just never know year to year. You know, last year we played Kamiak on our independent schedule, and they're one of the best four eight teams in the state. You know, that's just kind of how it worked out. And in Stanwood, we played them last year, and all of a sudden they got really, really good. And you know, it's just kind of the way it plays out. So you know, we're happy with where we're at. We love how we're playing. We we won a lot of games. The school is excited, and so we're just hope we can keep it going. Absolutely. And for those of us who have had a chance to watch Cascade football, and we had a chance to cover your game against Everett. You definitely are playing an exciting brand of football. There's a lot of talent out there, and if folks want to check it out again, two teams that are undefeated, 5 p.m. Friday night at Everett Memorial right down the street. We certainly encourage folks to get out there, and we should also point out if you do, in fact, win that game, well, even if you lose it, but we're hoping you win it, if you win that game, still got to play Issaquah the following week on the road, and that would get you into the playoffs if you can win both those games. So, Jordan C., uh, congratulations on a, a great transformation for what you've done to this program, and it's been a lot of fun to watch, and we hope for a continued success for the Bruins. Yeah, thanks, Steve. I will say, actually, if we win this game, we'll play on a Tuesday next week, and that Issaquah game. Oh, the Issaquah game may, is... or, may or may not happen. We'll oh. We'll play this on a Tuesday if we, if we can win this one. I, I believe it'll probably be against Shorewood. So, obviously, we have to... We're focused on Cedar Crest right now. So this really is a play this is a playoff game on Friday. It is. This is the first playoff game for us, the way we look at it. Well, there you go. If anybody wants to get out there, then it's it's a playoff game, the first one of the year, really, quite frankly, in pretty much the state. So uh, again, Cascade and Cedar Crest Friday night. Jordan C. Best wishes. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There we go. Jordan C. Head coach of the uh, Cascade Bruins. It is kind of cool. You start to get to that point of the year where you start to look at certain games and try to figure out how they factor into where teams may or may not end up going or what might force a, a, an extra playoff game right. and all this other fun and exciting stuff. You start to get to see now where uh, where everything starts to kind of lay out. It's it's exciting. Well, it also makes you appreciate the athletic directors who figured all this out. Yeah, and it also <laughs> makes you appreciate some of these kids that might be playing like on a Friday, then the following Wednesday, then the following Saturday if they win that Wednesday game. So a, a, lot, of, a lot of balls in the air right now. Two-day show brought to you by GSR Rental in Monroe, Ace Hardware Store in Lake Stevens, Glass by Lund, the Snohomish County PUD, Everett Engineering by Marysville Toyota, Bihar's Furniture, Screen Printing Northwest, Mike Dixon Farmers Insurance, the Law Office of Russell and Hill by Community Transit, the Buzz in Steakhouse and by Smoky Point Concrete. Who was on the show tonight, on Steve? On the show tonight, we had the Monroe volleyball team, well, at least two members, Michael Jordan, the head coach, and Jesse Mailer, the captain of the team. 
We then talked to Rob Petchel, the football coach over at Shorewood High School, who also gave us a soccer report. Uh, Linwood football was on the show. We had the head coach, Keontae Bankhead, along with seniors Jordan Whittle and Dion Baker and sophomores Raymond Seharoth and Zaire Griffin. We then had two more coaches on at the end of the show there. We heard from Jeff Skoma, the head coach at Stanwood, and Jordan C., the head coach for Cascade. Coming up Friday night to the Monroe Bearcats and the Snohomish Panthers, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock the kickoff from Veterans Memorial Stadium in Snohomish. And the team that wins that game takes the West Coast number one seed for the South. And they will play against the number one seed, whoever wins the Stanwood-Ferndale game. That's Steve Willis. I'm Tom Lafferty. Good night from Everett. KRKO Everett, K237GN, AM 1380, and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now, more of Everett's greatest hits. KRKO.
Steely Dan. Do it again. K-R-K-O.